It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. And I want to apologize. It was a weird week with the schedule. was in Richmond this weekend covering the races. NASCAR is my day job for the folks that don't know out there. So didn't get back until late on Sunday night, early Monday morning. So got the podcast out Monday afternoon. Got another one out Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So that's how I was doing it getting them out in the afternoon, but we're now back to a regular schedule of coming out first thing there in the morning, 3 a.m. Eastern, midnight Pacific, and wherever you are across the world, because I know there's people all over the world who watch Locked on Panthers, thanks to the folks that do that and who watch the show on YouTube um, before dinner and all the folks that listen on the way from home or to work. Either way, make sure to watch the show. And subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who's done that so far. Let's try to get to 900 subscribers by Monday. The goal is 1,000 by the draft coming up here in 20 days in Las Vegas. And be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, or everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, every single Friday. Like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. And let's go ahead and get into it on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. And by the way, one thing, one other thing, if you don't listen to the show or don't follow me on Twitter, whatever, that's fine. You can leave a comment on YouTube and I'll go back to the pages Monday through Thursday, those shows and try and check out whatever Friday mailbag questions that you had left. Okay, moving on. Um, Alex will start us off this week. And he says, it seems like there are three defensive ends, two defensive backs, and two offensive tackles all mocked at various spots in the top five of the draft. So one of those guys should be available for the Panthers at six. What do you think are the odds the Panthers go best player available versus drafting for positional needs? Um, okay, if I'm guessing the two, the three defensive ends, got to be Trayvon Walker from Georgia, Aiden Hutchinson, who's been mocked to go number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Then defensive backs, Sauce Gardner, and I don't know who the other person is, but then Evan Neal and Ike Okwano are probably the top two tackles that you're bringing up there. Um, yeah, so Scott Fitter, as you know, and I brought up here on the show, he talks about how they want to use free agency to be able to go into draft that best player available. The only thing is this year, when you look at the sixth overall pick, there are two major needs for the Carolina Panthers, both coming on the offensive side of the ball. One's at quarterback, and one is at left tackle. Now, according to Scott Fitter, and his Panthers organization, they now believe that Brady Christensen could play left tackle if that was the situation. But they've also said in the past, if they can find someone with that six pick who they can easily slot in their day one, they will do that. The positional need is very obvious. It's either quarterback or left tackle. The thought out there and is what's been reported um, by Ellis, Will Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer last week when doing a mock draft with his colleague Jonathan Alexander is that the Carolina Panthers would like to either have Malik Willis, Ike Iquano from NC State, or Evan Neal from Alabama, 
they're at six. If any one of those guys are at six, that is the pick. If they're all gone, then I don't know what they will do. Hopefully, they stick to the philosophy of just best player available. Now, if it's Malik Willis, I have a tough time believing the Carolina Panthers really think that he's the sixth best player in this draft. To me, that would sound like the Carolina Panthers going with positional need, which I don't think would upset too many people unless you think that the Panthers should trade back and actually get Willis at the right spot. And there's also been some rumors. I saw someone commented to me on YouTube the other day that some thoughts that people might or teams might try and trade up above Carolina and take Malik Willis ahead of the Panthers. We'll see how that all works out. The Giants would be a pick as they are fifth overall, and I think they're seventh overall, so they could afford to move back if they wanted to to get some draft capital if there was a team that is desperate to go up there and get ahead of the Panthers and take Malik Willis although most of these mock draft experts have mocked Kenny Pickett as the pick for the Carolina Panthers at six. So for me, I'd rather them just go best player available. If that is an offensive tackle, if it, that's great. If it's a quarterback, I'll be skeptical of that, but also is great considering they need a long-term answer there. All right, Josh. Hey, Julian, hope you're doing well. Thank you, Josh. Hope the same for you. Long question, so bear with me. Um, don't laugh immediately. Do you think... Okay, sorry. Uh, do you think that we're being a little too harsh on Sam and there might be a chance he becomes a respectable quarterback next year? He had a few good moments, mainly the late game versus the Vikings, the first half of the Cowboys game. And when he came back from injury, he didn't throw it. He didn't throw it completely horrible. Okay. This could be because I like the idea of solidifying our O-line and getting our quarterback next year. This could be me trying to rationalize that. I think with a much, and he puts that in all caps, improve O-line, and hopefully Robbie gets back to his 2019 form, I think he can be somewhat serviceable. And I think he meant 2020 form for Robbie Anderson when he led the team in receptions and has first 1,000-yard receiving season when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. I, I don't disagree with you at all, man. And that's kind of points I think I've kind of made. The 3-0 start, we go back to that. The opponent was the main reason why the Panthers had a lot of success there, mainly on defense. But offensively, you know, they made things happen in the first half. And as we saw, after halftime, I don't know what occurred in the third quarter of the last two seasons when Joe Brady was the OC. Because whether it was Bridgewater or Darnold at quarterback, that offense did not move the ball coming out of the half. But he had his moments. He certainly did. He did something with the Vikings game in leading him back to go to overtime that Bridgewater never did, which was of much consternation here in Carolina in 2020 and why David Tepper and his organization wanted to move off of him. There is a possibility that Sam Darnold could be a respectable quarterback next year. I just look at it long term. I just I've seen too much to believe that Sam Darnold is going to turn into that guy. And to this point. If everything needs to be perfect, and things won't be perfect next year, even if the O-line's improved and Robbie gets back to how he played in 2020, McCaffrey stays healthy, the Carolina Panthers are not a perfect football team by any stretch of the imagination on offense. Like, they have – they'll be better, but are they perfect? No, they have a really good wide receiver in, in DJ Moore, and then the rest of the receiving options, we'll see how, how good they are and how they would actually stack up against some of the better receivers in the NFL. But he can be better, and I thought he would have been better last year. But that did not work out. So for me, if things are better with the offensive lines better and the receivers are able to play better and they can have someone who emerges as a wide receiver three, then he might meet the expectations that I had for him going into this past season. The expectation still, though, was that he would prove himself to not be the long-term answer, but he might actually get an opportunity to prove, try and prove again in 2022 that he could be the long-term answer here in Carolina. So, yeah, I don't think that's a crazy idea to want to stick with Darnold because of all the other things that they built around him so far this offseason and wanting a quarterback next year in a more perceived uh, better quarterback draft uh, in 2023. All right, Tony, 
going to try and be brief. Okay. I believe the best option is for the Panthers to draft best offensive non-quarterback at six and look for your quarterback next year. With the Saints trade, there are five teams of multiple firsts next year that all could be in the market for a quarterback. Also, throw in Washington, New York, Atlanta. That should be looking for a quarterback upgrade. Panthers' best chance to get a top quarterback next year without fear of getting jumped is to have top three or four pick. Forcing quarterback at six may now be their best option. So, huh. So, wait, hold on. So, you believe the best options for the Panthers to draft best offensive non-quarterback at six and look for one next year, but then you're also saying forcing a quarterback at six may now be their best option. Uh, that might be true. I mean, I, I've said that too. Like, if they want to get a quarterback, the best option for them is to get one at six or to try and trade back. But if they want their guy, I think they'll just take move there at six. Um, Pittsburgh is going to take a quarterback, I think. Atlanta would make a lot of sense if they could take one, especially Malik Willis is there at eight. The Giants, are they're fine. They're going to try out Daniel Jones for at least one more year, see how that works out. Washington, I don't know what they want to do with Wentz. He's shown way more than Sam Darnold ever has, and now he's on his third team. So maybe that can work out for the commanders and Ron Rivera. I don't I, – it's it's tough. But yeah, the Saints got those picks next year. It was It's the Eagles, too, are kind of loading up. We'll see how things play out. And I think maybe you're thinking if the Panthers bring back Sam Darnold, then they'll stink and get a top three or four pick. I don't think they're going to be that bad just based off of what they brought in, which also leads to the argument that, hey, maybe go ahead and get your quarterback now and see how that plays out down the road. All right, let's uh, take a quick pause here, and then I'll answer more of your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds. And by the way, as you're listening to this, I should already be down there in Augusta. Really excited to check out Tiger Woods. Uh, they also have great podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back to your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Now to Aaron. Um, He says, first question is about the Masters. Okay. Who do you think the favorite is? And then his Panther question is Charles Cross and Malik Willis are both available at six. Who do the Panthers take? Uh, Okay, so I I think you're really asking me who's my favorite. And you're not going to believe me um, just based off how the leaderboard is. As I'm looking at this, Sung JM is leading at 500 through 15 with Dustin Johnson, the 2020 winner at 400. I actually had uh, Cameron Smith who finished in second place behind Dustin Johnson back in 2020 in that fall Masters as the guy I thought would win 
the Masters this year. Now, I didn't expect them to get off to this great start, but considering the conditions with all the rain this past week and how it's playing a little bit softer, at least on Thursday, we'll see how firm it is. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's the number one player in the world, is saying no, the fairways were firmer than he expected, uh, given all the rain. I just thought with the conditions kind of mirroring that at least closer to what they were in 2020, that, hey, Cam Smith, who played really well, could win that, could have a chance to win. And you go back to a couple weeks ago, at the uh, the fifth the fifth major down in Ponte Vedra at uh, TBC Sawgrass and winning the players, he's been playing really well. And I just imagine that mullet uh, hanging out there in a Butler cabin and getting that green jacket uh, this upcoming year. I would love to see that. So Cam Smith was my pick going into it, and we'll see how he does the rest of the weekend. And you guys don't have to believe me if you don't want to. But as far as Charles Cross or Malik Willis, if they're both available at six, I would imagine the Panthers are probably going to take Willis. Just going back to what I told you before and what was written in the Observer by Ellis Williams, that if it's either Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, or Malik Willis sitting there at six, they're going to take one of those guys. And if it's between Cross and Willis, I would imagine that Malik Willis would be the answer there at six. And that would also tend to me, that would lend me to believe that um, Scott Fitterer has the control of what's going on here and that they're not going to, well, they are concerned about winning this season, but they're not going to be short-sighted and try and save Matt Rule's job by taking Kenny Pickett, who people say is the most NFL ready of the quarterbacks, while he might not have the highest ceiling, which again would be doing a disservice to the organization by taking him. If it means just trying to keep rule. Uh, all right, Ken, greetings and salutations, greetings and salutations to you as well. The dreaded draft question. We're in the middle of draft season, man. Only 20 more days. Cannot wait to just be able to talk about who's here. That's my thing. So we've taught, we spend so much energy on players on, Hey, what if this happens? Will they be here? And it's fun to do, but it's also like, God, can we just get to the draft? It just drags on for so long. Um, okay, Malik Willis. Okay, he okay. He said dreaded draft question. Malik Willis's process seems so confusing. Last year, physical trait guy with extremely limited on-field experience, 300-ish attempts his whole career. Lance from a small school went top three and was thought to have top two talent. Why is a guy with better traits and better tape not considered to be a similar elite talent in this class? Is it more about the level of talent at OT in a pass rush, or am I reading the room wrong? For whatever reason, the draft guys thought that Trey Lance was a better prospect. Just physically, I think he's like 6'3", so he's taller. Equally has a big arm. Maybe he's a better athlete. I don't really know. I didn't watch him play at North Dakota State, and he barely played last year for the 49ers. Just the thought was, even that was for well over a year, the thought was that. And it's similar to uh, Lance. People thought Malik Willis had the talent to be a first-round pick. Um, I just, for whatever reason, they the, the evaluators look at Lance as being a better prospect. And I, I think the size is probably part of that why they took Lance or why they view Lance and Malik Willis. But I, I can't really understand the whole draft process. That's part of why I hate all of this because some of it doesn't really make any sense. And then you ask a guy like me who, who just rolls his eyes at the whole thing and expect me to be able to answer. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, I don't think you're reading the room wrong. You're reading it the way that you're reading it. And I don't know it's wrong or right at all is I have no idea, but apparently the depth in this draft is at offensive tackle and there's a lot of good pass rushers as they're coming out every single year. Like they're just monsters coming off the edge every single year out of the college game. This, this is not viewed as a great quarterback draft. And you look at the class, Kenny Pickett was not on the radar last year. Now he might be the most NFL ready. Like, are we, are you serious with that? Willis was fine last year. The one game he played against a good team against Ole Miss didn't look great. Corral. I don't know if there's, there was not a lot of hype a year ago, about Matt Corral coming in here and being one of the top quarterbacks. I like Matt Corral. I don't think he's better than 
I, I don't think he's better than Justin Fields. I, I don't think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. So right there, he's the number three guy, even behind two guy, two guys from last year. And I never bought into Zach Wilson and Mac Jones looked really great. I was just wondering, okay, he's got a ton of talent around him. What's it going to look like in the NFL? And he was the best of all the rookies. Also, the situation that he was in uh, was extremely favorable. And that's so important when it comes to these rookie quarterbacks. If you want to bring in a rookie here to Carolina, how is this, what, what does the situation look like? Because are they are you putting him? Because here's the thing: if you bring in a quarterback here in the situation here in Carolina, and you fire rule after a year, if things don't work out. That means you got a new defensive. I'm sorry, you have a well, yeah, new defensive staff and all that. But you you have a new OC likely because they're not going to retain Ben McAdoo. New old line coach, new receivers coach. All these new coaches are going to come in a completely new system that they're going to have to learn. So if it's Malik Willis, you're going to sit there and have him learn for a year. Um, how to be a professional and learn the offense. And then you're going to rip it up and in year two, bring in somebody else. And that's part of why I think that it would make more sense just to roll with Darnold this year, get rid of rule. If things don't work out with Darnold and him and the team is make the playoffs and then bring in a young offensive coordinator, since that tends to be the trend here and then bring in a quarterback so that those two guys are tethered together and you don't have a rookie coming in here, learning an offense, then you're, tearing up the playbook and going to some new offense next year. That does not benefit anybody. Darnold had to play with multiple offensive coordinators. After his first year, they fired Todd Bowles. He had, then he has Adam Gase come in. That's not beneficial to him. Marcus Mariota in Tennessee had three different play callers in his first four years there in Tennessee. And you saw how things worked out. You don't do that to a young quarterback. So they want to take a young quarterback. Then you should at least try and keep some sort of continuity on offense for more than just a year. So if you're not going to keep, if rule's not going to be back next year, potentially, then why bring in a quarterback just to have him learn something else in the offseason? Just the thought there for um, people who want a quarterback and how things potentially could play out um, with all that. All right, Zachary. He says, love the podcast. Listen to it on my commute to work every weekday morning. Thanks, Zach. Um, love you for doing that. Three questions. Okay. One, why was Newton offered the opportunity to be Watson's backup, but not good enough to compete with Darnold? Uh, I think that they probably going to find a way to offload Sam Darnold for that Watson trade. That's the best idea I'd have with that. Um, and then two, if, and, and also, I mean, come on, Cam, you want better for Cam. And two, if Neil or Quanu are there at six, who do you, who do you, wait, who do select, who do you select to be the final piece of the offensive line? Um, I would take Neil and in three, if neither of them are there for the taking, do you trade back or take the next pass rusher on the board, whether that be Walker or Thibodeau, this team needs a left tackle edge and quarterback in that order. No quarterback is worth a top 10 pick this year with the amount of generational talent at the other positions. Always keep pounding. Yeah. So answer your third question. I take best player available. If neither one of those offensive linemen are there. That's what I do. And that's what the team should be doing anyway. They should take best player available. And you're not going to convince me. They honestly think Malik Willis is the sixth best player in this draft because no one out there thinks that. And well, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's what they think. If they think that they could be wrong, but if it works out in the end, then that's really all that matters. All right. Take another quick pause here on the show. Then I'll answer the rest of your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on locked on Panthers. We're here in the second weekend of April, and if you have not given up on your New Year's resolution, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back because this year 
We're sticking to our resolution of eating right. And thanks to Built Bar, it almost feels like we don't really have a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have y'all tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single Built Bar. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting, and they're better for you. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a couple more questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Again, if you did not participate this week and you want to next week, either at me on Twitter, at Julian Council, or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. You can also leave a comment on any of the shows from that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Leave a comment from that show. Just put in Friday mailbag, and then I will look back, find that question, and answer it on next week's show. Okay, we're going to go to uh, – this is a YouTube commenter, and it's C. High Rocket? C or High Rocket? I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Um, if I got your name wrong, I, I'm sorry. Uh, so he, he asked me, do you think David Tepper will force a team into taking a quarterback? He talked a lot about getting a franchise quarterback. He has done that. And as we saw over a year, he was chasing after Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, in the end, didn't want to play for the Carolina Panthers. And when he wanted guaranteed money, and David Tepper, who is the richest owner owner in the NFL, and yes, there's a salary cap, and that matters, but someone who wants to never have the team at a competitive disadvantage. And possibly turning down, giving multiple picks and potentially players to the Houston Texans, although the Cleveland Browns didn't give up a single player was something that David Tepper thought would be putting the team at a competitive disadvantage. And also he didn't want to give guaranteed money to someone who's still dealing with 22 ongoing civil cases and did not know what potentially else could occur that could lead to Sean Watson to not play for the Carolina Panthers long-term here in Carolina. But at the end of the day though, they gave $18 million without questions. No questions asked for Sam Darnold, different situation. And Deshaun Watts is now getting $230 million, $230 million guaranteed up in Cleveland for the Browns. Um, we'll see. That's my thing. If they take a quarterback and it's Kenny Pickett, you know David Tepper had a say in that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But Tepper certainly has gotten his team in this situation as it is with Sam Darnold. He might not have been the one saying, yeah, that's who I want. Obviously, he wanted Deshaun Watson. They want they, they had a deal for Matthew Stafford. All that happened, but he didn't want to see Teddy Bridgewater play. Instead, he'd rather watch a player who statistically had been far worse than Teddy Bridgewater in the NFL. And as we saw again last year in the same organization, same situation for the most part, with no McCaffrey to bat off into line, he was worse. So I really hope David Tepper just lets Scott Fitter and this 
staff do its job. Like you hired them, trust them, let them do their jobs, which I feel like he's done so far this offseason, but you never know. All right, Mark here. He says, JC, when Tepper hired Rule to an expensive seven-year contract, he said, be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day. At the end of last season, Rule said, we have a plan. It's 1,000% working. So have you or your fellow journalists gotten to the crux of this plan? If so, what is it? Fitterer mentioned that part of it was to plug in as many holes as possible for the draft so they can take the best players available. Sounds like a good start, but what is the rest? Yeah, I mean... I don't know what the plan is at quarterback, if that's what you're asking me too, because I think that's one of the biggest things. They have not had a solid, concrete plan at quarterback since letting Cam Newton go. Like, if you want to let Cam Newton go, but that's fine. I understood new head coach. Maybe he was intimidated by Cam, which is ridiculous. If you're going to be the head coach, you can't be you can't be intimidated by your players. But new head coach wants to bring in his own guy, Evan Cooper talked about when you get to the NFL, we got to get Teddy Bridgewater, bring him here. He'd be great for us. You bring in Joe Brady, which Matt Rule said he went out of his comfort zone to do that. A guy he didn't know. You're going to bring in somebody like Teddy Bridgewater who knows the offense. So it's an easy transition, especially something you needed with the pandemic going on, which they did not foresee happening in the first month of Matt Rule, or first two months of Matt Rule being here in Carolina. But then the bail after one year, because the owner is sick of watching him, and then to go chasing after players and not never drafting one in the first two off seasons with a new head coach, and a new GM is just counter to what most teams do unless they have an established guy on the roster, which the Panthers did have. But I guess based off of the injuries of the past two seasons, ownership was ready to move on from Cam Newton and the head coach was not too upset about doing that either. So I don't really know what their plan at quarterback is. I would think now it's to stop chasing after guys and just draft one, but maybe that isn't the plan. Who knows? As far as everything else, like Scott Fitter has talked about, we got to build the offensive line. You know, we got to build from the inside out. And we got to re-sign guys that, that are going to be foundational players. They've done that so far in Taylor Moten at right tackle and extending DJ Moore, bringing back Dante Jackson, and eventually – when they exercise the fifth-year option here very shortly with Brian Burns. Those are all things that show you the plan of identifying the leaders and the guys who you can build around and then rewarding them when they've proven that. That's smart, making smart moves in free agency, which I think they do with Austin Corbett, Bradley Bozeman, neither one of those deals, especially Bozeman, are, is going to break the bank. And then you fill the holes with guys like Damian Wilson and Xavier Woods on defense after you lose some players who also aren't going to break the bank. And if they don't succeed, you can move off of them after a season or two. So that, I think that's kind of what their plan has been. He also said more to me, Mark did saying with there being a no, there, there being no chance of a playoff caliber quarterback, Brian Panthers this year, I do not see how a five and 12 team can suddenly become a competitive postseason team. Since the Panthers apparently have a long-term plan. How does it make any sense that rules job depends on the Panthers making the playoffs this year? Well, you you're gone 10 and 23 in the first two seasons and you've been considered a program builder by the owner. And we've seen traditionally in that third year is when Matt rule at temple and at Baylor had that jump to a 10 win season and competing for a conference championship. If you're not jumping up and competing for the division this year, after three, after two seasons, and now we're really in your third season, then the thought is, especially in the NFL, you don't have to worry about recruiting and all that kind of stuff. You can build a roster in an offseason or two that that should really, you're not ever going to get it done. And in fact, obviously, he's a college coach, and there's plenty of empirical evidence and data that tells you that college coaches just don't succeed at this level. And also, the offensive line should be better. Fingers crossed, McCaffrey's healthy. Defense should still be good. 
there's really, I mean, yeah, the quarterback is obviously important, but if everything else around him is better this year, you need to get way more out of this team. And I'm someone who thought they were going to go eight and nine last year. If that was my expectations last year and they bottomed out, now that they have a better offensive line, I didn't believe in Darnold or the O-line last year. Now I have more belief in the O-line. Still don't have a ton of belief in Darnold. I have more belief that he can play better behind a better offensive line. You should be competing. And it's not like the NFC is some juggernaut. In the AFC, completely different situation. It's not like you have to worry about the entire AFC West. You don't have to worry. I mean, you got Buffalo up there who looks ridiculous. The AFC North has Lamar is going to come back. Pittsburgh is still always going to be competitive. You just saw Russell Wilson leave the NFC. Brady is here again. Atlanta, New Orleans, I don't know. The Falcons aren't going to be any good. And New Orleans, I think, should be still fine, but they don't have Sean Payton anymore. The NFC hasn't gotten much better. The Panthers have gotten better. So looking at that and what's around you, the expectation should be to – Get there because we've been waiting long enough. You didn't make that jump last year. Well, you need to really make it this year or you're probably not going to last. So I think that's why it makes sense. But um, I don't, I don't and I don't necessarily think it's a, and, and a crazy thing that you're bringing up there. All right, Bernie, he's got a Friday mailbag question. He says, if we stick with Darnold and fix the O-line, which I feel like they've already fixed the O-line, they could add one more in the draft at six. Would love to see that. Where do you think we will be drafting next year? I know we would be go best quarterback available but will we shoot ourselves if darnell actually plays better than last year not that i see that happening but being a panther fan expect the unexpected look the best thing for the carolina panthers seriously and maybe you're not on board with this after his comments in which i talked about on thursday's show um on busting them with the boys taylor lawan and uh, will compton's podcast on barstool maybe you don't love what he said about the fans and what he said about how he has proven that he is a good quarterback the best case scenario is darnell comes back and he plays really well, and he proves to the Panthers that they made the right decision by picking up his fifth-year option and by trading for him, and that he actually starts showing consistently the talent that he had coming out of USC. That's what everyone should be rooting for. I get it that, okay, well, let's get the rookie contract so we can build that guy, but then you got to sit there and wait and hope that it's going to work out, and I don't think that's a bad situation but considering that you gave up capital for him you would rather see the guy who's already here on the roster who's also still young play well behind a good offensive line and a healthy McCaffrey there in the backfield and wide receiver stepping up and still having good defense and improved special teams I would think that every Panther fan would want that anyone that's reasonable and I and again I understand that you would love the rookie contract and all that but it does not matter if you don't have the right guy the Bears thought they had a Super Bowl window traded for Khalil Mack had Mitch Trubisky, that didn't work out. Everyone wants to do the whole rookie contract deal, but if you don't have a good enough play, quarterback, it does not matter that you have the rookie contract. You're just going to have a team that's built around a guy who can't play. So if Darnold can show that he can play better this year, it actually might be a good thing. Now, if he's not better and doesn't improve, I still think his team probably is going to be around the 8-9 and nine. Like I thought they might be last year because the O-line's better. And I can't imagine Darnold can be any worse. And fingers crossed he can stay healthy. I mean, for his sake at the and also for our sake of not wasting every single Sunday, I would think that they'd be drafting then in the teens, probably the mid-teens, early teens. However, I don't know where the eight, nine teams finish up this past season. That's what I would think. All right, Percy, Julian, Percy, do you foresee a transaction coming between now and the day of the draft where we get back into the second and third round. Uh, 
no. Personally, I don't. Um, if they're going to get back in the second or third round, that day two on Friday, it's going to come, in my opinion, with them trading back on draft night from six. If that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think they're going to make a move because the only way, to, only other way to do that is to give up a player, which I don't think they want to do, or to give up a draft pick in 2023. They've already given them a six-round pick to New England to bring in Stephon Gilmore. Don't think we're all that concerned about a six-round pick, but still. Let's not give up any more draft capital. Wasted way too many picks so far on players that have not nearly delivered enough here in Carolina. And that includes Gilmore, if we're being honest. And I love Stephon Gilmore as a player, and I would love to see him back here in Carolina, just like the six-round pick and what we got for him last year and how much he played. But really, was it worth it at all? CJ Henderson haven't seen enough out of him yet, and obviously Sam Darnold was a massive disappointment for anyone who actually believed that he could be the guy here in Carolina while there's still an opportunity that potentially he could be, and obviously Henderson, too, could improve. All right, final question this week is Joe. He said, hi, Julian. Hope you are well. Thank you, Joe. Sorry, I don't have a Panthers or football-related question, but how did you become the host of Locked on Panthers? Thanks, and keep up the excellent work you, you've been doing. Thank you, Joe. Okay, so to answer that question quickly, Nick Carboni of WCNC here in Charlotte, the NBC affiliate, who I known, knew back when I was working at WFNZ. Great guy. Uh, Ross Jackson who is our channel coordinator here at Locked On for the NFL channels and also the host of Locked On Saints. You've seen me on there with him when we did the crossover Thursdays back during the season. He was looking for a new Panthers host, and he went to the local station since Tegna is, owns Locked On and owns the NBC affiliate down here in Charlotte and asked him who would be a good person to do that. And Nick, for whatever reason, suggested me, and I knew that Tegna had, had, just, or Tegna had just bought Locked On and that they had these television opportunities and that they were doing a lot of smart things. And I also had friends, Walker Mel and Kanata Edwards, who hosts Locked On Hornets. Now Kanata's now moved on. But Walker's still hosting Locked On Hornets. And I knew Doug Branson. So I knew that guys who worked there had a good experience. But really, if you want to blame anybody, if you hate me, I know people out there probably don't, don't love me, um, who still listen to the show, but if you still listen, thank you. But if you want to blame anybody for uh, me being here at Locked On Panthers and hosting the show, uh, go blame Nick Carboni. And then secondarily, you can blame Ross Jackson for giving me this platform. But I've certainly appreciated doing this for the last year, just over a year. It's been really fun doing the podcast, getting to interact with you guys and to talk about the Carolina Panthers and to have this platform. Um, so, again, thank you for everyone who tunes into the show because that's going to wrap it up. For this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag and this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where you can at me or DM me or send any comment on any of that week's shows on YouTube to participate. That's the word for next week's weekly Friday mailbag on the show. Also, watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Let's get to 900 subscribers by Monday. So share with your friends and family and any Carolina Panther fan that you know out there if you enjoy the show. And also be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Masters weekend. Love it. Also, Big time game on Sunday here in Charlotte and Uptown against Atlanta United. If you're into Charlotte FC and you're supporting them. So that should be a crazy day down there. I know Liverpool, my team and Man City are playing on uh, Sunday morning. I'm probably going to be hanging out down there on the French Quarter on uh, Sunday. So if you see me, say hello and let's go uh, Charlotte FC. Let's go Reds and uh, screw Man City. And if you're a Man City fan, I love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast, but also I don't like your team. 
Goodbye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.